0: and welcome to the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. I'm your host, Christy Russell. I'm a music and mindset mentor and founder of Movers and Shakers Music. I'm also a trained early childhood teacher, piano teacher, musician, mum of two, wife, and passionate Aussie entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to spread the magic and power of music and mindset to as many people as possible. Every day I tap into the power of music and mindset, and every day I notice how much more focused, resilient and connected I am, at work and at home. You could even say I am more in tune with myself and the world around me, and I want that for you too. If you're passionate about early childhood education, curious about the relationship between music, mindfulness and the human brain, then this podcast is for you. Join me each week as I discuss all things to do with music, mindfulness, and why it matters so much to be advocating for this in early childhood. My goal is to inspire you with stories, research findings, and a whole heap of practical tips so that you can have the confidence and skills to embed music and mindset practices into your daily routines and your early learning programs. Because when we love music, we love learning, we love life. Let's tune in. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of Music and Mindset Matters. Gee, it feels like a long time since I have recorded a podcast and uh, I've just got back from um, 10 beautiful days of camping with my family. We do this every year and uh, it's, it's a wonderful time for us all to really unwind and spend time together and also for the kids to um have a little bit of space and freedom as they get older you know and they go off on their bikes with other kids similar ages and just have that little bit of independence and and freedom of of where they go and what they do with their time and in some ways it's kind of scary as a parent if you have kids or um nieces or nephews or or anything like that grandchildren you might you might get what I'm talking about. Um, But it's also liberating at the same time. And when I think back to our childhood, or my childhood, my husband's childhood, people around my age, there was a lot of just being out with your mates or your siblings for the whole day and then coming back in just for food. Or, you know, obviously, we didn't have um, mobile phones or anything. And and often things are a little bit quieter in terms of traffic and stuff like that, but it really was this idyllic childhood because you you just you relied on your kind of your instincts and and your friendship groups and your you know the people around you to just sort of work out life and work out how things are and and are meant to be, and, you know, it's, I'm not saying that it's all positive, it's not all rose-coloured glasses when I look back through it. Some, some of it was a bit, you know, some of it could have used a bit of adult intervention at some, at sometimes, but what we love in our family is that, you know, we're quite, a, um, we have quite a lot on during our working week. We have a couple of extracurricular sports that we do. We try not to put in too many things after school because we know that um, kids need lots of time to play as well and weekends are usually spent you know pottering around at the hobby farm creating some music having jam sessions or maybe doing some some gigs with friends um, and yeah this this time is really great for us to unwind and we always find that it takes at least a couple of days to actually two or three days to really get into that routine of not doing anything really, (laughs) you know, getting up, maybe jump in the water, go for a swim, go for a bike ride, come back and there's no animals to look after, there's no fencing to check, there's no real housework to do and, and it's a lovely chance to sort of let your mind wander a little bit and ponder and read and listen to music and chat and catch up with friends that you might only see for that one one time a year because, you know, their families go there once a year as well and it's lovely to uh, invite new friends in around a campfire as well or, in, you know, often we'll sit around the campfire and have a sing-along and this time, you know, one, one wonderful extra... Uh, thing from this camping weekend was that we got to also experience a weekend of Celtic uh, music festival, uh, Celtic music weekend um, nearby which was run by a couple of friends of ours who we also play um, our traditional Celtic music with once a month and you know for them it was a huge, a huge undertaking and they have a vision that they want to you know preserve a lot of the traditional sort of Irish Celtic music, um, but with, uh, you know, acknowledgement of past traditions, but also with a a welcoming of of new generations of young children and young families living today, um, with perhaps not necessarily Irish roots as such, um, but just, you know, really interested in the history and the, the traditions. And so the whole week was really, The whole week and particularly just this last weekend was just full of music. And my goodness, we, my husband and I, the kids, we're all on a high. We really are. And then to top it all off, we hosted one of those musicians who was doing some tutoring workshops. We were really lucky to host him at our farm, at our beautiful farm. We welcomed um, 25 people, most of them that we knew, um, a few Few new faces that were um, that were passed on, you know. Oh, this person might like it. Should we ask them? And we welcomed them into our home and our uh, our garden, and 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 listened to some amazing, beautiful storytelling and music um, through a wonderfully talented young musician called Renny Pearson. And some of you might know him already. He's originally from from New Zealand living in Melbourne at the time and at this time and doing some touring and I'm going to be interviewing him at some stage uh, in the near future too. So I'll let you know when that podcast episode will drop. But, you know, when I think about all these wonderful opportunities that our family have to tap into music, yes, we are a musical family, but I just think of the people that don't necessarily – have access to that and how much it would enrich their lives, and how much I think that they would enjoy it. And, and some of the people that came here, in, um, you know, just last night for the house concert, we called it the acoustic on the deck, um, they'd never really heard any of, music, of this music, you know, before. And while Rennie tells a lot of stories through his music uh, with Irish uh, and Scottish roots, Um, Canadian maritime songs you know it's a very different way of experiencing music for many people Um, and you know it's not just what we hear on the radio it's not our typical classical music or pop or rock or it's just another form of musical expression and it's just so important to sort of be able to tap into so many different types of musicality and you know, for those of you who follow me, you'll know that my background is classical training, and and I'll often say that while I'm really grateful for many of the skills and the the techniques taught to me, I'm also there's also a lot of pushback in the um, the defining or the the kind of the the um, oh my words are failing me the the restriction sometimes of classical music the you know, you might not agree with me, that's okay, but what my personal experience was, you know, growing up, while I loved a lot of the music, what I yearned for is to experience it with other people and so I remember absolutely loving it when we got to do the, the duets and the, um, the. you know, my teacher was really great at at supporting our um, our Stedford performances with duets and quartets and it was so much fun, you know, because then... You're taking it outside of just you as a performer or you as a storyteller and you're creating a more of an atmosphere and a, and a connection with other musicians. And, you know, I've, again, some of you who follow me will know that um, when I went to uni and I joined um, a, a choir there, ah, oh, my goodness me, I fell in love with singing. You know, I'd always loved singing, never really got any lessons as such as a kid apart from the oral training, through my classical training, but, you know, just singing, making music through your voice with other people, oh, that just blew me away. And it was then that I really experienced the joy of making music with other people and I really chased that. Um, well, actually, if I'm, if I'm honest, I, didn't ch- I was a bit shy to chase it and I, and if I'm really honest, I've actually been a bit shy to chase a few things that I've deeply loved and deeply yearned for. When I think about it, because um, I realise there's some things that have been holding me back in terms of how I, the relationship that I have with myself. Um, again, I'm I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but it's all coming back to where I'm at at this moment. You know, some of you understand that. Um, I experienced a bit of burnout at the end of last year just from having so much growth in such a short state of time with building my business, creating an online course um, which still has yet to be picked up, which I still believe in but I have to tweak it a little bit uh, different and, and most of all I need to back myself to know that I can do this and that my, my vision and my mission are very, very important and I believe that they can help a lot of educators. The content that I have, the skills and knowledge, I really believe that I can support many, many educators and therefore many, many children and um, to feel connected to themselves through music, use music as that portal of connection, enjoyment, um, joy, vulnerability in some respects as well to aid the the, the connection with self and the connection with others. And, you know, music really brings that, music brings people together in many different ways, not just in traditional ways or tribal ways. There's so many ways that music does bring people together as a culture, as, a, as strangers, as, um, you know, that social cohesion, the experience of music, whether it be song, or through sort of musical dance and movement or through instruments. Um, You know, I really believe that what, what the journey I am on, you know, finding out how to, how to show people, how to show educators, how to bring that into their programs early on. Because I believe that when we, when we start early and when we, put all these you know support our the brain development as early as possible it makes such a difference to the knock-on effect of the brain developing that little bit more and as we are capable of having a little bit more of a cognitive load you know once we get to the stages of being ready to read and write and all of those kind of skills that happen at primary school you know my vision my mission is focused on setting children up for success as early on as possible, setting educators up for success to connect with children and to lead and guide and also be uh, learners themselves and students themselves and and allow themselves to be in a vulnerable p- position so that children can teach them and guide them, you know. I, I um, was recording a little voice memo this morning about that um, in terms of, um how it's really important to be a student as well as a teacher and often I don't like I don't really like the word teacher I think it's very black and white and I I I like the word educator or mentor or guide because I think that it opens up um a reciprocal it it sets the tone for collaboration rather than I hold all the answers and the knowledge, and I'm going to pass them on to you. I, I mean, sure, yes. There's we mustn't disrespect um, or undervalue the, you know, all the work and all the all the knowledge and all the all the training that educators and teachers and people who have who are holders of knowledge, and the years of experience that they've had in life in general. You know, it's not to undervalue that. It's just to just to really create a space and hold space for a connection and a relationship through learning, so a collaborative community of learning, I suppose, is what I'm trying to get at. And when, when we uh, bringing it back to to my vision and my mission, using a musical mindset, I guess is where I'm going. If you think about mindset, you think, you know, there might be things like fixed mindset, growth mindset, positive mindset, all of those things. It's a way of doing and a way of thinking, a way of organizing your thoughts and therefore your actions and your behaviors, your emotions. And I believe that when we have a musical mindset, when we're able to tune into the musicality of life and language and emotion and self, that is automatically attuning into one's emotions, attuning into, you know, vulnerability, attuning into differences and nuances of language, including body language and communication. So if you think about it on a practical level, if I'm supporting educators in an early learning service to look at early childhood development, or the way they interact with young children, through a musical mindset, okay, with a musical approach. It means that they are aware that their voice, their tone of their voice, their pitch of their voice can be used in a way to support a connection with children, to support children's attention, to support their behavior, in the same way that those, their tone of voice and their pitch of voice can also be used to make that a little bit more difficult or to create a, an environment where it's not as welcoming or you know so if a child is having um, you know is having uh, you know in the midst of play and it's time to go outside or put the sun cream on or put the shoes on and then you know children really just want to be play they don't want to they don't think about sun cream and shoes they just want to experience what they want to experience. Yet as educators, early childhood educators, we're, um, you know, we're guided by uh, best practice and rules and regulations. So, you know, we need to put the sun cream on um, to protect the children's skin. And, you know, so how are we going to do this? Well, we could just, you know, get all flustered and say, "Okay, come over here. It's your turn. Now, come on, hurry up. Put your face up here. And, you know, no, you're not doing that here. You can try and do it yourself. You know, you can talk them through it. Okay. And that's using your voice. Of course it is. Okay. Most of the time that's going to create an environment where it's just a hurried, stressed, quick, next, you know, there's no, there's, there's nothing except the action of putting on the sun cream. And sometimes, you know, the child can get flustered. The educator can get flustered. What if we look at that same situation with a musical approach, with a musical mindset and know that, We have this one or two, you know, less than one minute opportunity to connect with that child. So pretend their name is um, Alice. I don't know why Alice came in, but Alice is Alice is here. Alice, hello. It's time to put some sun cream on. You were getting excited to go outside. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I had to. I really had to take you away from your playing. I could see that you were really excited about playing with that ball weren't you you enjoyed I see you enjoyed throwing it across the room and and holding it in your hand and I wonder if you'd like to take that ball outside you know so just I'm just making this up as I go you know but imagine if instead of rushing and saying you know hurry up and put this on or you know just looking at that child as a tick the box and then the next one imagine if you Spent that minute having a conversation. Or if it's a young child and and you could sing to them. I'm going to put some sun cream on your nose. There's a stripe. Put a sun cream on your cheek. rub it in. You know, have a little sing song or use the play school song. I think it's a play school song. There's a spot over here and a spot over there. There's a spot on your ear. Whoops, let's rub it in. And a spot in your hair. Oh, no, don't put the sun cream in your hair. That would be silly. Have a little laugh. I'm sure it would change the whole environment. So, those kind of things look, that's how I see a musical mindset being used in practice. Knowing that your voice, the way you can tune into your voice, can also tune in to another person's voice or another person's emotions. You can and when I say this word manipulate, I am not in any form that is not a negative way. It's manipulation, as in knowing how you can use this situation or this this particular opportunity to your to the best of um, the best advantage, you know, for you and the person that you're with or the group of children that you're with. So I, you know, I talk a lot about this in my routines to rituals workshop that I've offered. Um, a couple of times last, oh no, sorry, last year, and then um, I offered again in January. Now I'm going to be offering that again. I haven't set a date yet. I'm back in the office for um, back to the books um, on Monday, so I'll be organising some dates then. Um, but I talk about that a lot in, you know, in that workshop, as in. You don't, I don't want to be the person, I don't want to be um, a person that comes in and says, well, this is how you can write a music program and this is what you do and this is, you know, I want to support educators. I see my role as supporting educators to start bringing in elements Of musicality into their programs into the things that they already do into the routines and the rituals that they already do in their everyday curriculum because I think a lot of people and you know get in touch with me if you think I'm wrong here I'd love to have feedback but I think a lot of people believe that music and movement things like that they're an extra added on and well I'm not that musical I don't really know what to do so I'm just not going to do anything Okay, that's that is definitely one element of musical learning and bringing that into the program. But I believe that my role is more around supporting when supporting educators and early learning services and teams. How do we start bringing in musical learning when, you know, when we don't really know anything about it? How can we start doing it? We'll start at the start. Start simple. Start by habit stacking little bits of ele- little elements of musical learning onto the things that you're already doing, so that you're not giving yourself an overload of information, and so that you can start somewhere, and then then you can go somewhere else. Then you can maybe think about, okay, well, this is working really well. I wonder how we can build upon that. I wonder how. I wonder if we can um you know bring more elements into it more practical elements like music and movements as part of our group sessions if we run group group times or circle times i wonder if we can you know create um special kind of dance off days like on a friday i always think friday fun fun friday and having a dance off in the afternoon but why not do it every day it doesn't have to be just on a friday but do you see what i mean i i feel very strongly that my vision and my mission is going to work best when I support educators and early learning services how to just start even if you're already doing some kind of music and movement I I want to see more and I want to hear more people using and weaving elements of musicality throughout the day throughout those routines like nappy changes throughout throughout the day at meal times you know preparing children for sleep times or rest times using music to drive those connections and those transitions so that we are you know at the very end of it taking advantage of the moments where we can really connect the moments where we can scaffold the moments where we can um you know opt for a calmer transition for both the adult and the child rather than it being a rushed experience now this is not to say this is not at all to say that we you know we always have to be calm and quiet and you know that's that's non-existent you know that's when you you know go to a vipassana or something and take a vow of silence go on a retreat Uh, not at all children you know At any age, but particularly young children, it's meant to be loud and noisy and messy and, you know, disorganized. That's not, I'm not opting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we need to always be, everything needs to work smoothly all the time. What I am suggesting is that when we are in touch with our musicality, our own musicality, when we look at learning and development, child development through a musical mindset approach, I really believe that we can then focus more on the connections and creating environments that are really conducive to learning, that optimize learning and connection and development. And remember, all of these things are helping to build a healthy brain architecture, a healthy nervous system, healthy physical development, motor development, um, social and emotional intelligence. All of these things are laying down the foundations so that you know we are doing everything we can as educators and early learning teachers to support that that development as much as we can as best as we can so you know looking back at this last sort of week and particularly weekend of music and how enriched and connected people became you know i was sitting in on um you know i'm not the greatest whistle player for sure i'm i'm a very i would say an intermediate level of whistle player this is the tin whistle if anybody's um a bit confused um so i chose to but i like i really enjoy it i really enjoy the portable nature of the little tin whistle I, i love um joining into the trad sessions that we play in i uh you know, as a piano player, sometimes I find it difficult to keep my fingers flat on the on the uh, the holes instead of you know curving them round. But at the same time, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do some some workshops. I'm going to put myself out there and and uh, you know be vulnerable and learn a few things and make some mistakes. And it was wonderful. It was more than I expected, and I I almost. Um, I, throughout the workshop, you know, I was part of my brain was thinking, Oh, God, Chrissy, you sound terrible. It's so squeaky. And, and then I heard myself go, Yep, of course you did. Then that's fine because you're learning. So I, I had this lovely kind of uh, internal conversation, I suppose, where I, I felt like I was able to help myself self regulate. You know, I was able to speak to myself internally with respect and with acknowledgement that, yes, I'm not sounding great and this is exactly why I'm here. Um, And, you know, that's taken me a long time to learn how to have that internal conversation with myself. It really has. Um, The old patterns that I had would be, would, would say that, you know, oh, God, this sounds terrible, Christy, what are you doing? And I would believe that. And there, and then I would stop, and then I wouldn't go on with it, and then I'd be shy about doing it again, and I wouldn't want to put myself out there. And in the end, that that kind of internal conflict and internal thinking, while in some in some weird, strange way, it was keeping me safe, as in safe from criticism, or you know, nobody externally told me that I was telling that myself, but it was also stunting me what well, I didn't grow at all I didn't grow from those kind of conversations what I'm finding now as I as I work through um, some I'm getting some support and working through some some old baggage letting go of some old you know unresourceful patterns from childhood childhood trauma things like that what I'm doing is I'm asking for support because those kind of internal conflicts and internal uh, monkey chatters to myself are not resourceful they're not, they've helped me get to where I am now but they're not helping me get to where I want to go they're keeping me small um, and you know that's that's not going to help me anymore I don't want to you know I'm not looking for the limelight I'm not looking for a big ego boost what I'm looking for is to connect with other educators and to connect with children and to connect with early learning services and teachers and organisations because I really believe that I have knowledge and skills and, and, and things to support the well-being of one of our most important industries, workforces, or however you want to describe it. You know, I really believe that it would be um, irresponsible of me to keep that information to myself. So, but, I ha- but to do that, I need to back myself and that's where I'm at at the moment. I'm working a lot on learning some new patterns and learning some new, uh, rewiring some, some old unresourceful patterns and, re- and rewiring them to some really helpful supporting conversations that put me in a place of vulnerability, but also um, it's going to help me grow as a person, as a businesswoman. Um, it's nearly 4.30 Um, And as I record this podcast, my darling children have just come into the office, so excuse me for one moment Um, as I lovingly shoo them out the door and give me five minutes, guys. Five minutes, out you go. Um, So, yeah, going off track. (laughs) Going off track, but coming back track. Uh, Yes, so I really see my... My path is is all around that connection, and this this weekend, this you know, connection with other people, other musicians, putting myself out there, singing songs with my voice quavering because I'm nervous, um, but singing nonetheless because I love it, and um, playing and squeaking on the whistle, you know, in order to learn, making mistakes, and you know, all of those kinds of things, um, because I want to learn and I want to enjoy music and I want to I want to learn to overcome my fears and I want to have the courage to support other people how to do that as well It's definitely not easy not easy at all um, do I think it's worth it yeah definitely and and I just love that music I love the universal language of music I really do. Um, I believe that to be such a huge power and you know when I think about all the things that I want to study you know I'm continuing doing my neuro music studies um through bigger better brains thanks to Dr Anita Collins research um and breaking down you know hundreds of different research papers from developmental psychology and neurobiology and neuropsychology and and social sciences and um you know, I, I love, I love learning that and I'm, I'm loving sharing some of that learning as well with you, my listeners and, um, you know, that, that content, that information helps me to hone my skills and hone my own content and deliver it to the early childhood industry. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, exciting times and I've got, um, as I said, I'm, putting together another routines to rituals workshop it's that 90 minute workshop online so stay tuned if you don't follow me already stay tuned you can subscribe to my newsletter um usually comes out once a week obviously I've uh, been a bit slack at the moment seeing we've been camping it's uh I, I specifically don't take my computer camping with me so that I I have no little temptations. Um, so stay tuned. You can find me at uh, moversandshakersmusic.com.au. Um A little sneak preview there. I'm in the process of rebuilding a website, moving over to a different platform, which is a lot of work, but it'll be a little bit more streamlined and authentic to me as I grow uh, in my you know in my vision and my mission. With the business so yeah routines to rituals workshop coming up again soon online um, I've got as I said a podcast interview coming up in the short future with Rennie Pearson who we were really lucky to host um, recently at our place and what else oh I've got another podcast coming up with um, a speech therapist who is also a piano player uh, and she uses a lot of music, she uses uh, a musical approach to, um, as an, um, words, what words will I use, as an additional support uh, support for her clients, her speech therapy clients, so stay tuned for that one, I'll let you know when that one drops as well. Oh, I really enjoyed that conversation um, I hope you did too and I hope you take some things out of it or if it prompts you to think about it or even um, push back against some of the things that I've said. Maybe you don't agree with me and that's totally fine and um, that would be really boring if everyone agreed with everybody. Um, let me know if you like this episode, share it around. It's always great. People are very shy to write Um, reviews and things like that or questions so I get that that's okay I'm like that sometimes myself even though I think oh I really should get in touch with that person and say thank you and I do sometimes Um, but yeah I'd love to hear from you if you if you have any thoughts on this episode or any of the other episodes all right I reckon it's time to uh, go and have a cuppa and go and play a bit more music all right Have the best day or evening wherever you're listening to this and um, I'll see you again soon. Okay, bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This episode was brought to you by my signature course, Music and Mindset, the most comprehensive online course for early childhood educators and carers you can check it out at moversandshakersmusic.com.au remember the double o in movers along with lots of other free resources to inspire you and boost your confidence and skills if you love this episode please spread the joy share it with a friend tag me on social media at moversandshakersmusic And remember to download it and give it a rating because that really helps us to continue creating content that's relevant and useful for you and for many others. I'm Christy Russell and I'm here to help you understand why music and mindset matters. See you again soon.